Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. It's the last of our school's episodes and we've got another cracking lineup. We talk wicked science and the brilliant freaks and geeks. Man, what a show. And we take a special look at the demon headmaster. If you grew up in the 90s in the UK and this headmaster didn't scare you, then nothing will. So, let's get started. And uh, joining me as ever is producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. I'm good, thanks. I'm I'm gonna miss hearing the Sweet Valley High theme song now. Yeah, I think I was gonna get it for my car as well. Oh, oh! I don't think my car can do that. Can you imagine just driving along to Sweet Valley High? I don't care. I'm I'm like, oh, is that on? Turn it up. That's my song. I mean, it'll, you just have to go to like South End so you can see the sea and stuff like that. And <laughs> I think it works just so well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I can like do it in the, the middle of uh, the suburbs. <laughs> just like in, 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 in traffic. Get him! <laughs> and uh, I think, yeah, we should uh, just get right into it and start with uh, the Demon Headmaster. And this uh, show came out in January 1996. And uh, some of the things happening in the world. Motorola introduces the Motorola StarTac wearable cellular telephone. The world's smallest and lightest mobile phone to date. Italy's Prime Minister Lamberto Dini resigns after the failure of all party talks to confirm him. New talks are initiated by President Oscar Luigi Scalfaro to form a new government. An amateur astronomer from southern Japan discovers Comet Hayakutake and it it will end up passing very close to the Earth in March of that year. From dusk till dawn was in the cinemas. And So Pure by Baby D was in the charts. So now, we, yeah, we're talking about the Demon Headmaster. So this was a British television series based on the children's books by Gillian Cross. The, uh, the show was, was filmed at Hatch End High School in uh, Hatch End, Harrow. And also the Royal Masonic School for Girls in Rickmansworth. Ominous. And a lot of CGI was used to make Vulcan Tower and some scenes in later series were filmed in the village of Sarat, Hertfordshire. And the television show was based on the four Demon Headmaster novels by Gillian Cross and the scripts were written by Helen Cresswell. The first three episodes of series one were adapted from the first book, The Demon Headmaster. And episodes four to six were adapted from the second book in the series, The Demon Headmaster and the Prime Minister's Brain. And the development of subsequent stories were more unusual. So the second TV series was The Demon Headmaster Strikes Again. And the third was The Demon Headmaster Takes Over. Gillian Cross wrote the storylines for each project and then wrote the books. And Helen Cresswell would turn the storylines into screenplays. And it was nominated for Best Drama at the BAFTA Children's Award in 1997. Some of the uh, characters, so Terence Hardiman played the Demon Headmaster. Francis Amy was Dinah, Dinah Glass or Dinah Hunter. 
and you had Lloyd Hunter and Harvey Hunter, who were her adopted brothers. And there was also Ian, Ingrid, and Mandy, who I think they formed Splat. I think that was the name of like their little gang. The Society of Protection, Society of the Protection against something or other. You forgot the L. Um, it's Splat. Society. I did write it down. Hang on, hang on. Society. Um. Of the protection of lives against them. <laughs> so there was Ian, Ingrid, and Mandy. Tessa Peak Jones was Mrs. Hunter. Yeah, Raquel. Raquel, Raquel. From uh, Only Fools and Horses. And there was Rose. So the demon headmaster. So, first of all, I'm going to brag a little bit and say that this guy came to our primary school as the demon headmaster. Like, full costume, everything. In full uh, gimmick, you had the you had Terence Hardiman. Yeah, like, just come out full dress, <laughs> in, like, in assembly. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, and to think that, um, like, everyone was talking about the show. Everyone watched the show. And, yeah. Like, and absolutely loved it. I think, like, thinking back on it now, it was probably one of the first series things that i ever got into like you know actually watching things as a series maybe the goosebumps kind of thing but they weren't really kind of sequential they were more episodic but yeah this is kind of the first series thing that i really got into i mean i've been watching emmerdale coronation street and eastenders since i was like born but apart from that i mean i mean yeah the same like i remember like i remember as as a kid watching this program on on cbbc I liked it back then. I, yeah, I, I, I kind of liked it now as well. Um, I just remember Dinah being so meddling and irritating, and I don't know. It, it, I don't know if it's just me, but I don't. She just gave. She gave off a lot of like Karen. I'm gonna go speak to the manager vibes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, to be honest, I mean, I really enjoyed it then, and I really enjoyed it now. I, I, I think that it didn't lose any of its charm, which I was like amazed about. I mean, obviously the filming's so rough and but one thing I do like though is when you go back to like the nineties and you see like little Ford Fiestas like Oh my god, around. you know what I wrote I wrote so nineties. You can see um Lloyd eating golden wonder crisps. Yeah, I noticed that. And he, and he, he did so nineties. Well. Yeah, yeah, and I, I bet that was Frutella that he was offering. Yeah, sweet. That's, that's another uh, typical '90s thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I think, hmm, I don't. I don't want to say it didn't hold up, but I was. There was one point where I was almost on the borderline of it not holding up, but it kind of went on the threshold of just. You know what? It held up. Just about. yeah. To be honest, I mean, I I was thinking like actually I wouldn't mind watching this again. Like just like complete from start to finish. Because I remember watching it when I was kids and just getting so excited about... Like, the yeah, episode. about the next episode. Yeah. Oh, he's going to take over the Prime Minister's brain. Oh. And you have to wait until like next week or something. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you got a de- uh, doctor's appointment after school. No. Oh. <laughs> be even more dramatic. <laughs> you have to ask your friends. We're going to probably talk about the new version in a, in a little bit, but you know how, like, with me, like, I'm not really about the new new. 
But I felt more like if I had to choose, like if I'm gonna watch one Demon Headmaster series to like continue, I w- I would continue with the new one. I felt I felt more towards leaning towards the new one. If that I makes mean, sense. It, yeah, I mean, it was shot really well, um, and it and it and it looked really nice, and the acting was really good. Like, it was. I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of reboots. I have to say, like reboots normally don't work and they flop. And for gu- for guys like us that are revisiting, revisiting with all that nostalgia, normally it just falls on its backside, and that's the end of that. For for us, um, but I really liked the new one. I thought it was done really mm, well. Same, yeah. I I I liked it. I thought, well, the new one is is meant to be a direct sequel of the original series, but um, yeah. But um, let's uh, let's before we talk about the the new one in in more detail, let's talk about what we watched in terms of the old ninety six. So it started off with um, part one, the Demon Headmaster, or Look Into My Eyes. So I was watching. Let me just okay. So I basically I watched the first two of the old one and then went on to the. So part one and part two. Part one and part two. Yeah. So um, shall I start on this one? Yeah, go for it. Um, so starts off Lloyd and Harvey Hunter are at their home and they're talking about they're expecting a, uh, a, a sister to join them as a, as a foster sister. So they're getting a foster sister and she's coming that day and she kind of rocks up in this, um, Ford Fiesta, which I really liked. I think it was Mark II Ford Fiesta or something. And they're talking about, um, the school and basically they're saying that five, five of them are, they know something's up with the school and then there's the rest of the school and they're like saying, is she going to be with us or is she going to be with the rest? They're kind of having that little debate. And then the next note is Raquel is foster, is foster mum. And she's obviously their mum. I didn't realise at that point. But um, yeah, so really good to see um, Tessa rock up as um, basically Raquel. I mean, she, she plays like almost exactly the same character, like this kind of mumsy Doting mum, yeah. Yeah, and and um so they go to school and she's wearing a um a blue uniform. Um that's one thing I never understood when you go to a new school. First of all, why don't you have the uniform sorted in the first place? Because it's not a surprise that she was coming. And second of all, like, why wear another school's uniform? Like just go in any old clothes. Or at least like, you know, grey trousers and a and a polo shirt. That's like universal school uniform. And so I've never I've never really experienced that because I've never really transferred from a school. I think they only introduced school uniforms when I was in year four. Oh, really? See, I've I've yeah. al- I've always worn a school uniform. Um, and I yeah, think like year three, I year three we're, we're wearing uniforms in year three, and then I think in year four when we went into year four. They were like right. Uniform. I think it's because, like, obviously, you get rich kids and poor kids and stuff like that, and and you know, it can kind of create that fracture because you can tell straight away who can afford these labels and who can't afford those labels. Um, so I think school uniforms are a great idea. Um, but so anyway, so, so she goes to school in this other school's uniform, and like I said, it bugged me because it's like you knew she was coming, just get her the uniform. Um, and so she, they rock up. She's in the wrong uniform, and and. Everyone's walking like a robot, and and um, so who's younger one is Harvey, right? 
Or is, yeah, Harvey, the yeah. the younger looking one. Yeah, so he he has to do the register and he's late and he's not, but the, he, he can't just go because he's not allowed to run. Uh, and they're like, quickly, just keep your head down, no one will notice. And he kind of runs in. Yeah, and so, so kind of Dinah's walking through and she walking through the playground and everyone's in their little groups like you kind of normally get i think more at secondary school probably than than primary school but they're all in their little groups and um hang on this is secondary school isn't it yeah so everyone's kind of in their little groups but instead of like playing and chatting they're they're like doing their times tables or their spelling or something like that so it's like not what kids kids do and she's kind of getting a bit freaked out by it and then the prefects kind of come out and it's kind of like this like um uh, army situation and they do this thing where they say like we're the prefects we're the voice of the head i wrote down what they said it's all pupils shall obey the prefects the prefects are the voice of the headmaster yeah and it's this kind of really like unison freaky kind of thing um and the the, the girl um the girl with brown hair she reminded me of uh, moaning myrtle uh from from harry potter um, it's not the same actress or anything like that. She's just reminding me of her. And um, so she kind of goes to the um, the head teacher and he does a, the, the classic, takes the glasses off and and he says, um, I was, first of all, she has to do a test and he's kind of susses out her intelligence by this test and she cheats on the test but makes herself look more dumb on the test. And then after after they have a chat and he hypnotizes her. So he does the, this is the first time you see the glasses off and I remember it being very, like much more prominent, but it was the circle eyes thing. Yeah, ooh, ooh, I was going to say, I, I felt like on my TV, it was like, am I getting hypnotized here? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, um, that that moment, Some sometimes when you revisit things as a kid, and you, th- you think they're amazing as a kid, you think it's stupid now. And it's like, oh, whatever, that was not as good as I remember it. But this was every bit as awesome as i remembered it and it's just like you are getting sleepy your arms are tired and then and then it's like um i think someone asked her what the head's like and i think you'll have to it's like the head is a wonderful man and he's done an incredible job turning the school around or something like that no i didn't write that down but um i did i did like the uh so oh the 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 assembly i did like the assembly and he's like if everybody tells you why you were in assembly, you have to tell them that you were watching a film on ants. It was interesting. We learned how they built a nest nest, and look after their eggs. And then the next question was something like, if you, I yeah, don't if anyone, know. If anyone asks you, say, I don't remember. <laughs> no, no, no. What else? Because I'm don't like, oh, remember. what did you watch? What did you watch? And they'll be like, oh, I watched a film on ants. They were building. They laid eggs. They did their damn thing. What else? I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he like literally that. like stopped the thing. Um, and so during the thing, he kind of takes his glasses off and he's sort of hypnotizing everyone. And she, she's got her eyes closed and she's not. She's she's consciously trying to avoid it because she knows something's up at this point. And the head teacher clocks her, and this is what made it so good was that you're like, oh my god, she's gonna do it and she's gonna get, and then he boom, he gets her, and. He, and he goes over there and, and he sticks a pin in her arm. And then she's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. You smart. I, that's why I like, that's why the headmaster was like, he's my guy. And he's like, where did you get that pin from? He's like, not the point. <laughs> 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 um, 
Uh, yeah, so basically, then then she has to look at him, and then she does get hypnotized. So, um, and the other kids go to the clubhouse where they talk. This is where you're first introduced to Splat as a as a as a kind of clubhouse moment. Team Splat, yeah, Splat forever, don't they say? Splat forever, splat yeah, forever, yeah, splat yeah, forever. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then Harvey like says, oh, he, oh yeah, because. Okay, so I've written these notes wrong because I remember they're in the library and the prefects are watching them. So there's basically five kids in the whole school that don't go to the assembly. They have to stay in the library and they get watched by the prefects and the prefects. And he says, oh, "Miss, I got to go to the toilet." And she says, "No, you that can't." That was Harvey in it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then she follows Harvey down to wherever he was going because he wanted to look at the assembly. Yeah, and he peeks through the window and he and he sees. Oh, sorry, and he sees that there's no there's no monitor or there's no tv or anything like that so he knows that they're not watching tv so and the last note i've written and and i'm not sure if this is the end of the episode is literally just that diana knows that something is wrong and she says oh yeah she says that she'll find out why so she says you got to break a rule and and that's and that's that i think that was the end of the episode right um yeah i think also they try to um oh she has to figure out that she has to break a rule in order to kind of get to the bottom of what the headmaster's up to. I think she's trying to talk. To, I think Harvey and uh, Lloyd are trying to get a, a feel. Because she comes home alone. And obviously Mrs. Hunter is like, why did you come home alone? And she's like, oh, I don't mind. And obviously they're going, oh, what did you do? And now she's like, oh, I was watching film and ants. What else? I don't remember. And then once she goes, okay, I need to remember. So I need to find out what. Yeah, because she's kind of, figure, she's thinking like, she knows that she's repeating these words and she doesn't know where the words are coming from. So she's, yeah, I think as the more you get hypnotized, the more you're kind of like aware of what you're actually saying until yeah, you become like yeah. this robot thing. So anyway, yeah. so it goes on to episode two and it's snowing. It's the first thing that you're shown. Uh, Dinah makes a snowball and and they're like, no, don't, you can't throw it out. You're not allowed. Um, and so at break time, she starts a snowball fight with um harvey and lloyd and she gets immediately told off by the prefects so the prefects come down on them like harvey lloyd um diana you've got to stop being rat bags um and then they, their punishment is to shovel snow but they, they're not allowed to wear their coats or anything so literally in the like a where they have to do the hard labor but with no coats and anything and then harvey kind of like goes in a bad way um and Dinah like immediately goes to the headmaster. She's kind of banging on her door, like, "What are you doing? This is not good." Um, and then, as she he doesn't answer the door, so she go she goes away, and then he's kind of like, "So you have a soft spot for Harv- young Harvey Hunter, do you? I'll use that against you." And you're like, "No! Oh my God, he's done it again!" Um, and so they go and tell the mum how what happened. Um, and they're like, oh my God, it's really bad. And this happened and this happened. And then when it's like, oh, Dinah, did that happen? And then she's like, no, we played outside with our coats and our hats and our gloves. And it was very fun. And she kind of goes onto this like robot mode. And they're like, what the hell? And so she, they kind of know that she's one of them kind of thing. And when they get to school the next day, they get summoned by the prefect council um, uh, on three charges. And Lloyd comes to, even though he's not allowed. Uh, and first charge was in school without permission when he was supposed to do the registers when it so before when he went to do the registers um there's another girl did it and i've forgotten her name but anyway you don't see her or she's she's just a name another girl does it uh leaving to spy leaving the library to spy on the 
on the people and playing in school, which I thought was quite funny. So playing in school was actually an infraction. And the punishment is to do this test and it's like, like really super complex like geometry and um trigonometry and i don't know so some hard math stuff um and like no no not even like i couldn't do it mind you the last time i did math was gcse so i think it's like kind of like a a university level math math puzzle and if he gets any questions wrong, the headmaster will deal with him severely. So he's kind of got pressure on. And, and what it is, he's basically using the situation so that Dinah will do the problem for him, even though it's not allowed, but he knows that it's that hard that he'll have to ask for help kind of thing. So no one can do it. Dinah completes him for him. And Dinah knows that something's wrong. And they're saying, come on, you've got to remember, you've got to remember. Because she's saying, I can't remember. And they're saying, you have to remember. And as it, When she's doing it before, she's saying, remember, remember, remember hypnotism. And she's saying it over and over again. So in her head, it will trigger that thing. And they're saying, remember, remember, remember. And she goes, oh, hypnotism. Oh, that's it. Um, he's hypnotizing people. And she kind of remembers it. Then she gets kind of initiated into the... So the cuts to like um, splat club room. And she's there now. And she's kind of initiated into the... Society of the protection of lies against them, which is like the, they know something's wrong. And, and basically there's the five people that the hypnotism just doesn't work on. It's not that they've done something to get out of it. It just doesn't work on them. So they've been pushed aside and um, isolated by the pri- prime minister, by the uh, head teacher or headmaster. And they have to stay kind of like on their own. And they're watched with a keen eye by the um, prefix. Um and so she gets initiated into splat splat forever and they're trying to figure out what happens in assembly so dinah has this tape recorder and she's taping it in her pocket and the head the headmaster hypnotizes she knows she's going to go under so she just kind of goes along with it um and then they're kind of walking and he says stop um dinah glass take your hand out of your pocket and she takes her hand out she's holding the tape recorder and he takes it and he says he will deal with Dinah once and for all. And then the episode ends. So it's like very, very cliffhanger, very exciting. Right. So part two was the Prime Minister's brain. So Octopus Dare is the new computer game at school. Everyone's playing it, but only Dinah is any good. Soon all she can think about is Octopus Dare. And she ends up winning a place at the grand final. But there's something strange about it all that scares Dinah and her friends come with her. But before long, they find themselves in trouble. As the computer director turns out to be the demon headmaster. Oh! And I watched the last episode of this. And so they're in the middle of some lab somewhere and the demon headmaster is uh, trying to brainwash the world. And Dinah's like, we're not going to let you do that. We're not going to let you do that. And he's like, oh, I am a man who is extraordinarily efficient. You said so yourself, didn't you, Dinah? And Dinah's like, yes, yes. And he goes, see? I told y'all I'm efficient and I'm going to take over the world and I want to run the country. And obviously kids are in the lab are like, oh, we don't want you to run the country. We live in a democracy. We want fair and we want to choose. And he's like, oh, 
why do you want to choose it's inefficient it's idle chatter i even wrote down what he says um something about yeah oh idle chatter is inefficient use of energy basically there's a password that diner knows basically it's like a code and like diner cracks it and the code was knock knock who's there olga olga who I'll go mad if I don't get off this move, I think was the, the code or whatever. And the demon headmaster, obviously, he hypnotizes Dinah so that she can give it up. Uh, now the headmaster has security clearance and he can now go to Downing Street to influence MPs and prime ministers and the like. And he wants to be able to go to Downing Street and look at the prime minister eyeball to eyeball and then he sets a booby trap in the room so that none of the kids can escape and if they try the room will go on fire and so the other kids and they all manage to come so team splat and harvey and ingrid manage to switch off the octopus so it doesn't really affect them and then diana she's rallying the troops and splat gets everyone out and they manage to tamper with the headmaster's plane and Dinah has a chance to finish off the demon headmaster once and for all as she's having cold feet because obviously it's a moral dilemma and so Lloyd is like move let me do it and then he's having a bit of a, a moral dilemma but what they do is they manage to get the little plane thing that he's on to veer off course and he crashes and the kids manage to get out of the burning building quick round up on series two the demon headmaster strikes again so dean dina dina dina's father not dina dina dina's father is headhunted for a new job at the biogenetic research center but the demon headmaster is the director and his lust for power sees him meddling with ev evolution itself and the headmaster has created a evolution accelerator which is a machine that can speed up the evolution process and for this he wants Dinah's dna to create the perfect human with Dinah's intellect but no emotions and then he puts Dinah into terrible danger to test his theories and then series three the demon headmaster takes over so Dinah and her brothers are pretty sure that they are rid of the demon headmaster once and for all and when the army start to dismantle the biogenetic research center Dinah contacts professor claudia rowe who's an expert on biology and genetics at the nearby university and with Dinah's help she saves some of the precious materials and they become friends then weird things start to happen Libraries start closing and their books are taken away. Telephones stop working and there is no internet access. People start talking like robots and even Claudia Rowe and more of them seem to be wearing strange badges and it all ends up to one thing. The Demon Headmaster. The last bit sounded strangely like the British had invaded. <laughs> like... <laughs> and... Dinah's search leads her to the university where she finds he has taken over the artificial intelligence project and is developing a hyper brain. I remember this now. 
a computer with superhuman intelligence and the potential to control all information in the world. And both the demon headmaster and the newly sentient hyperbrain want Dinah for the knowledge that she possesses. God, I, I remember the brain. But yeah, no, I remember all of that. And it's a, I think there was like a Christmas special as well where he like rocks up in some pantomime and he's like, you know, in full in full get up, full gimmick. I don't think he was ever allowed to be Terence Hardiman. If I ever see him down the street, I'd be like, this fool's demon headmaster. Everyone, he's walking among us, guys. He's going to take over. Did he do the whole thing then? Yeah, he did everything. It was amazing. I think they, I'm sure we might have even got a book, which we probably definitely don't have now. But we, yeah, it was full, like, I mean, we we were living in the middle of the countryside in this, like, 300 student school and like we got to see him so it's like thinking of it now it's actually really incredible that you i'd like to think that he traveled overseas to to, to get to us because we want like i don't know maybe we just want a competition or something fast forward to 2019 and the new demon headmaster so this was a direct sequel of the original series and this was confirmed on bbc breakfast it features Charlotte Beckett and Sally Oliver as Dinah Hunter and Rose Carter, respectively. And this time it focuses on a new protagonist, Lizzie Warren, rather than Dinah Glass from the original books and series. And the demon headmaster was played by Nicholas Gleaves instead of Terence Hardiman. So the new demon headmaster, I think we might have touched on it earlier on and i i i mean like i said i i really like this and if i had to kind of go away and watch the demon headmaster i i feel like i want to go here on this in this direction in 2019 as opposed to 96 yeah yeah i think this one was kind of one of those ones that it was done really i'm hoping that we watched the same one i'm guessing we did but yeah it was it was, it was um it was really Really well done, really nicely shot. Like acting was really good. Locations were great. They used drone shots and stuff like that. Um, so it was kind of like a, yeah, it was it was really well done. Really good production values. I was I was quite impressed. I I because I I literally came into it thinking, oh, it's a new thing. I bet it's not going to be as as good as the old one. Am I going to miss Diner? Is it is it going to be the same? But I think what they kind of did well is they've kind of said, look, we're not going to go completely off tangent with it. This is going to still be the demon headmaster, but we're going to try and modernize it and bring it into the 21st century. And yeah, Diana was amazing and I'm going to let you finish, but we're going to try and ease off Diana and introduce this new character and introduce this new setting in scotland and i thought i thought it was really good and it was really really done well as you said it was good acting good good filming good production yeah who was that actor who's lizzie's lizzie's dad lizzie and tyler's dad who is that guy i think he's been on like casualty or holby city or something like that i've seen this guy before and it was it was driving me crazy i was like where is this guy he's so famous but <laughs> i can't think of it i like you probably watched the first episode every student the star yeah, so I only watched the first episode because I watched this by mistake. I thought this was the first one. Um, and then I was like, they didn't have those cars in like 1990s. Um, so, um, yeah, so just quickly on this one. Um, 
so it starts off and it's kind of like a like drone shots of like the school and they kind of have these like oh the graphic overlays of like these things scanning people and scanning things and like target acquired and this kind of like you know kind of like the feeling that and then you get to see someone's hands at the control so you know that someone's doing this you know it's like kind of like something's afoot um then so it's basically you get this this school is like the worst school in the whole world you see like cones everywhere like it's a mess and I'm, I'm sure i saw a car on fire um it's like it was like really really horrible rough looking school and you see this uh little boy basically you don't know he's tyler then but it's tyler and he's walking along and he gets collared by this bully who gets his money then his sister lizzie comes out and she kind of like sticks up for him and she pushes the bully over um and then it kind of zooms out again and the, and the drone's watching this whole thing and it kind of rolls the titles of the demon headmaster then it cuts back and it's one month later and it turns out that she got suspended. I think she got suspended, right? And she, yeah, I'm pretty sure it said one month because she went to the US for a month. Um, and it turns out that her mum was sick with an unknown illness and I think she went to the US for treatment. And they, in this episode, they didn't kind of talk too much about it. Um, but basically they have to go to the, the, they go back to school, back to the same school. But everything's different so they're wearing the old uniforms and everyone's wearing these new very i'm not, I'm not sure if you know but very chinese looking at the moment obviously like the new baddie there's two baddies there's, there's two baddies at the moment right there's the russians and the chinese it looked nice though still i thought it, if that's my uniform damn i'm going to that school let me sign up if i'm wearing that it was like i don't know what they call it but you know like the kind of Bruce yeah Lee yeah yeah of, yeah i know um, uh, yeah yeah it looked nice nice and that color as it, well it was really nice that dark yeah, blue, blue yeah. With like a red, yeah that it, it, i would go to school every day if that, that was my uniform um yeah it did look it did look really good to be fair um so they got a new uniform they're going in in the old one and um blah blah blah, blah. so so i'm just getting my notes on the right page um and they notice that all the kids are acting weird and the 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 greeter for the school is um I think the dad goes in to, to see the head first and um, they say, how how is he? And he says, inspirational. He's really turned the school around, like very robotic. And and the the greeter is the, the I, I never remember, never saw his name, but it was the bully guy was the greeter. And he was like over nice to them, like really like bearing in mind that he, Jake, I think was his name, was it? Yeah, something like that. And and he he was like, hello. Like and really like pleased to see you like this is come with me and then he's like oh the school and he's really proud of the school basically and um, he used to be this little tear away like you know we try and vandalize the school and this and that and the other so so basically he they, they go and see the head teacher and what I really liked about this is that for quite a while you don't see the head teacher's face you only see the back of his head and it's very kind of like um, yeah and I, I i thought that was really successful um a little bit of storytelling there and I, I i i can't remember this too well but he says hypnotizes kids and i said lizzie a bit but tyler full-on so i think he goes so lizzie gets a little kind of a bit of the hypnotism and she but she kind of still aware but tyler's like full-on hypnotized he's like boom he's gone um and they're watching the football and i think the dad's getting over excited about the football and um they're kind of the the footballer is there's something going on because he's kind of like he has a bit more character to him than the rest of the football players like the football players are like do you know like on fifa where you miss a tackle but he kind of still goes forward and and doesn't 
turn around. He just kind of walks past the ball. And that was kind of what the other players were doing. But he was kind of like dodging around and scores and stuff like that. It was all good. Um, and so they, they, they go and basically what I, what I really liked about this, it was kind of like a, the head teacher was letting his daughter get rich by setting up a coffee shop in the school and charging everyone three pound <laughs> fifty for a for a cup of coffee. I, I was like, yeah, man, like why why not? And and so basically, um, uh, Tyler wants a coffee, uh, and we, it was a hot chocolate with ginger and cream or something. He's like, you don't even like ginger. He's like, yes, I do. I want this thing, and and so basically, <laughs> at the moment he's hypnotized to to spend money, you know, filtering it through the through the school. Um, and then, so she's Lizzie's the the the, the greeter comes up, the, the bully guy comes up, and she gets a bit weirded out. She's like, "No, you're not like this. You're like this." And she takes the smoothie that this footballer guy had, and she chucks it all over the bully guy, and and like, and then everyone's kind of like, "It was your fault," kind of thing. And then I say, I said that she causes a scene, and the head teacher comes and to lay the smackdown. Because he he comes and he's just like boom, this is like what you're doing, and he kind of like silence and and it's I thought it was incredible, like this little bit where he kind of stops it dead and was like like this is happening, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. End of story. And uh, the friend snitching on Lizzie, yeah, yeah, Sophie, yeah, 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 yeah she yeah. did it. I'm provoked. Whoa, <laughs> she's like so snitch ass. She's like, what the hell? And she goes, yeah, sorry, um, did not happen there. <laughs> yes you do use a snitch uh so the next day they come in and the school has been vandalized i can't remember what the what the graffiti says but it's um and they basically Might just been like hazelbrook school sucks or something yeah and yeah it's very like kind of like very like pg that like, wasn't even uh an issue anyway so um, they come in and the head teachers recorded this video message and it's like um, this is not acceptable and we know, we've identified who it was and oh it's Blake Blake is the the guy um, uh, the bully guy and the and basically it, they show the CCTV footage and when the person looks up it's Lizzie and she's like dude that's a fake that's not even me and so, so she like kind of makes this plan to sneak into the headmaster's office. And she hacks into the computer. Like, this is so stupid, man. Like, when it's like, oh, I wonder what the password could be. Uh, username admin, password is password. And it's like, it's kind of a bit annoying. It was, obviously, that wasn't the case. She had to, had to guess a few times. But um, she she basically, um, she sees herself on the CCTV. And she's like, what the hell, man? Like, And then um, she hears the head hypnotize Blake. Um and he's kind of because he says like he starts setting off all the fire alarms because that's what how she managed to get everyone out so she could um, uh, hack into the computer, and and he kind of it it brings back these memories of him being a rat bag. So he starts doing all the things. He's like, why did you do that? He's like, oh, because I do this and I do that. And he's like, no, you you're proud of the school. You do this. You're a good boy. This and that. Yeah. And then like complete twist. She, he goes, and that goes for you too, Lizzie. And he's like, oh my god, he knows he was there the whole time. Um, and he says, I made you do it to prove a point. Um, and she rumbles him, but then she just gets hypnotized. And that was the end of the episode. Yeah, that was yeah, really good, really fun episode. It kind of made me want to watch more. Yeah. More so than the old Demon Headmaster, but obviously it doesn't mean that it was bad or anything. Both versions, both 
incarnations were really, really good. And um, yeah, any last thoughts? No, no, I just think it was really like I'm. There's so many times when you you watch something back and it's nowhere near as good. But honestly, I can say that this felt how you know when you you're really glad that you watch something again and it brings back all those feelings and it's just as good as it was then. And I honestly think this one, and even like I said, sometimes it's a bit. It's a bit dicey sometimes with remakes and reboots and this and that and the other, but I honestly thought this one measured like like sort of measured up to the original. I thought it was shot really well. It's easy to watch, um, and yeah, I I I think this is a really successful title. Really, honestly, do definitely, definitely, and uh, yeah, it has that burning nostalgia. Remember watching it after school when it dropped and everything. So yeah, good job. Now we're going on to the head-to-head, and we're going to start with Freaks and Geeks. So this show came out in September 1999, and there's some of the things happening in the world, particularly for newer listeners. Kiribati, Nauru, and Tonga join the United Nations, and I hope one day you'll download yesterday's capers. Serena Williams wins her first Grand Slam title, beating the world number one at the time, Martina Hingis. The first ever season of Big Brother, the reality TV show, begins on the Veronica channel in the Netherlands. American Beauty was in the cinemas. And the Much Mambo Sway by Shaft was in the charts. So this was like a uh, a catchy mambo version of the classic Sway song by um, Dean Martin or Frank Sinatra or any one of them guys who look exactly the same to me so uh, we're going on now to freaks and geeks so this was a american teen comedy drama television series created by paul feig and executive produced by judd apatow 18 episodes were completed but the series was cancelled after only 12 and ed and a fan campaign persuaded NBC to broadcast three of the remaining episodes in July 2000 and the rest of the unaired episodes airing that fall or in the autumn. And the series has appeared in numerous lists of the greatest television shows of all time, including lists by Time, Entertainment Weekly, TV Guide and Rolling Stone. And it launched several of its young actors' careers such as James Franco, Seth Rogen, Jason Segal, Busey Phillips, John Francis, John Francis Daly, Martin Starr, Sam Levine, and Linda Cardellini. And yeah, so it's all about a gifted high schooler, Lindsay Weir, who befriends a gang of slackers, or known as freaks, and her younger brother, Sam. And him and his geek friends navigate the high school. They attend William McKinley High School during the 1980-81 school year. And the show is set in the town of Chippewa, Michigan, which is a fictional suburb of Detroit. And so the the freaks consists of Daniel Desario, Ken Miller, Nick Andopoulos and Kim Kelly. And Sam's friends, the geeks, are Neil Schweiber and Bill Haverchuk. And the Weir's parents, Harold and Jean, are featured in every episode. Millie Kentner is Lindsay's nerdy and highly religious former best friend. And she's a recurring character, as is Cindy, 
the popular cheerleader with whom Sam has a crush. And Lindsay's finding herself attempting to transform her life as an academically proficient student, star mathlete. And she kind of overnight becomes a rebellious teenager and ends up hanging out with troubled slackers. And her relationship with her new friends and the friction they cause with her parents and her own self-image form the central strand of the show. And yeah, so Freaks and Geek creators made it a priority to feature genuine period-specific music that would help create the show's tone. And clearing such names such as Billy Joel, Cheap Trick, The Grateful Dead, Rush, Styx, The Moody Blues, The Who and Van Halen required much of the show's budget and eventually this became an obstacle in releasing the show on DVD due to the difficulty and expenses of clearing all the music rights for the series. Of course the and the theme song of uh, Freaks and Geeks is the Joan Jett Bad Reputation and at Metacritic Freaks and Geeks has a score of 88 out of 100 based on 26 reviews indicating universal acclaim on Rotten Tomatoes the show has a score of 100% with an average rating of 9.67 out of 10 based on 27 reviews and the site's critical consensus reads freaks and geeks lampoons real life adolescence while affectionately embracing every growing pain along the way with refreshing honesty and the series received three Emmy Award nominations Creator Paul Figg was nominated twice for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series for the pilot and Discos and Dragons. And it won Outstanding Casting for a Comedy Series. So Alison Jones, Corey Mayers and Jill Greenberg. And it was nominated for two Television Critics Association Awards for New Programme of the Year and Outstanding Achievement in Drama. For Acting, the series won for Best Family TV Series, Comedy and was nominated for Best Performance in the TV Series, Young Ensemble at the Young Artist Awards. For the Young Star Awards, John Francis Daly and Sarah Hagen were nominated for Best Young Actor Performance in a Comedy TV Series, and the Ensemble was nominated for Best Young Ensemble Cast Television, and the series also received several other nominations in other categories. The series appeared on Time Magazine's 2007 100 greatest tv shows of all time list and placed third on the magazine's list of greatest television shows of the 2000s in 2004 and 2007 freaks and geeks ranked 25 and 21 on tv guides top cult shows ever in 2008 entertainment weekly ranked it the 13th best series of the past 25 years the same year, AOL TV named it the best school show of all time. In 2013, TV Guide included it in its list of the 60 greatest dramas of all time and ranked it number one on their list of 60 shows that were cancelled too soon. In 2016, it was named the 11th greatest television series of all time by Rolling Stone. And one of the cited reasons for its early cancellation was its inability to gain an audience due to its erratic scheduling and poorly timed slots, competing with the highly rated Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And the producers created a website for the series, but NBC would not share its URL because they, and I quote, did not want 
people to know the internet existed. They were worried about losing viewers to it. As explained by John Apatow, Freaks and Geeks was only averaging under 7 million viewers, while other NBC series such as Fraser and Friends were averaging over 14 million viewers each. NBC and the creative directors of Freaks and Geeks did not have the same vision for the series. After the network picked up the Freaks and Geeks pilot, Garth Antia replaced the old NBC network's president and Antia didn't understand public school life and its relevance because he went to a boarding school and then on to Princeton. And creator Paul Figg expressed the irony of the situation as everyone involved wanted Freaks and Geeks to be a success, but the network just didn't understand the concept of realistically showcasing life as ordinary teenagers. Jake Kasten and Judd Apatow had multiple arguments with the network concerning lack of victories in the script and that the characters needed to be cool. And the writers wanted to produce something that would represent the average high school experience, but the network wanted to produce something that would make high school seem cool because the network did not think the series would be a success and they let the writers add things to the script that they wouldn't have if they thought the show would resurface the next season. And Apatow had said in 2014 that, and I quote, everything that I have done in a way is revenge for the people who cancelled Freaks and Geeks. Quick rundown of the characters. So Linda Card Cardellini is Lindsay Weir. John Francis Daly is Sam Weir. James Franco is Daniel Desario. Sam Levine is Neil Schreiber. Seth Rogen was Ken Miller. Jason Segal was Nick Andopoulos. Martin Starr was Bill Haverchuk. Becky Ann Baker was Jean Weir. Joe Flaherty was Harold Weir. Busey Phillips was Kim Kelly. And Tom Wilson was Coach Ben Fredericks. Or if you know Back to the Future, Biff. So, whew, freaks and geeks. I mean, I listed all of the accolades. I listed how highly and critically acclaimed it was. I fell in love with it from episode one. I'm guessing you did. So, what the hell? How the hell did people not see how good this was? This show was just okay so a couple of things first of all i was like this is an all-star cast like, i was like this must have been well they weren't in 99 but i think this is what i reckon this was like what pulp fiction was to so many actors you know back in whenever that was made um and then this show like must have made so many of those actors careers because it was so good like that everyone um i think we were talking just before we were on obviously james franco went around to do spider-man like must have been like straight after this um um and obviously we know the success of of of, of, of like most of the other cast it was uh, seth rogan jason Segal. yeah yeah and and one thing it had a very familiar vibe about it and it reminded me a lot of stranger things i'm not sure if you've seen the netflix series stranger things um it the, do you know the, like sam and neil and the other one ben bill sam neil bill yeah sorry um those three reminded me of um, Dustin, and I forgot another boy's names. Um, but um, they reminded me of those three, the kind of like this little trio, and I, I really enjoyed those characters, and I enjoyed the shenanigans they were getting up to. I actually like, do you know what? This show, 
has been one of the like the discoveries of the definitely the discovery of the year for sure in fact probably discovery of yesterday's capers remember we were doing top fives now yeah this would definitely be this would be in top fives everywhere wouldn't it definitely for me top and even and even the the dad is from home improvement so it, this was like this is so great for me because he was the guy that po- he's the guy that po- pe- pokes his head over the fence right is it him yeah i'm like 99.9 percent sure it was him it might be, you know, that is a great find. Damn. So I was like, not only is this great, it's also got my other favorite show from yesterday's capers on it. So Yeah. No, but honestly, with this show, I mean, you say that, oh, it's like a who's who cast. But obviously, in 99, I don't think none of these guys were made stars. It was just a case of a group of young actors being on this show, presenting this because if you look at if you look at Pulp Fiction, which was obviously one of Tarantino's earlier um, uh, movies, you've got like um, uh, John Travolta, uh, uh, Bruce Willis, um, and so many other actors. Um, Samuel Jackson, yeah, like so many actors that hadn't even like broken through properly yet into. Like they're obviously, obviously not. They're not. It's not their first gig. But what I'm saying is, like, it's it's a it's a movie that that launched a lot of the careers of these guys, and it seems like this was the same case. Like, because everything about this was awesome. Like the, the budget. One thing you've got to give US shows credit for is their budgets that they throw at these TV shows. Like, this was like so many different camera shots. Like you can almost see the budget by how many camera shots change. And like you said, the music earlier and stuff like that. So like the, the fact that there's shots within shots and, you know, and, and, you know, and pick up shots here and there, like that, that indicates quite a good budget. And you don't get this in, in um, English TV, even now the budgets are just not, it's just not there. Anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking quite quickly and, you know, quite passionate about it because I genuinely really, really, really like the show. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, it is like the typical, this is a typical 90s, 2000s show. There were plenty of shows like this where it's, like, it's about high school. You got the geeks, you got the freaks, you got the jocks. But the difference with this was that this was, this felt like quality. This felt like real good programming. Obviously, it's set in the 80s. So they had that in the background. I like that they didn't betray it. So it was very 80s in how they were dressed, in how they were act. And the music as well, which probably pummeled them with the budgets. Because obviously if you're using music from Billy Joel, from Styx, from Grateful Dead, that ain't going to come cheap. So if they're going to use all them songs, then... It could it could be part of the reason where NBC are saying mm, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I I I was surprised I'd never heard of this to be honest. Um, yeah, and, I'm surprised too. Yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say, but I, I honestly I would recommend anybody to start watching this. It's on Channel Four at the moment, or Four OD. All of their um their on all of the episodes are all there. Yeah, yeah. So I'd recommend if anyone's got any time, like it's one of these shows, and it happens very rarely even on yesterday's capers like because we watch a lot of shows and we go through a lot but there's there's not many times where i would actually go back and watch like yeah you know actively go out and watch another episode of a specific show this one i'm definitely going to watch the entire series yeah i i'm i'm kind of intrigued too about what happens and 
how it kind of developed, even though I have watched the, the finale. Yeah, I mean, I purposely watched one, two, episodes one, two, and three just so that I, so that I'm not, you know, I'm not skipping ahead and I'm not doing this, doing that. Because um, I remember I sent you going, oh, look, obviously we're going to be doing Freaks and Geeks. And when I saw the runtime, I was like, yeah, sorry, dude. And then I watched the first episode and I'm like, this is good. I'm not mad that it's 40 minutes. Like, this is... Yeah, 40 minutes an episode is a long time to be sat and watch watching a show. Um, especially when, you know, like us, we have to watch a lot of shows every week. Um, and if they're 40 minutes an episode or half an hour an episode, that's a lot of time in your day to, to go through. Um, so 40 minutes an episode, you're a bit like, ooh, this is going to hurt. I know, I thought... I literally, I watched two back-to-back. When I watched one, I thought I, I got I got I got to get in another one, and I was so tempted to watch the next one because obviously you can read the synopsis of what the episodes are about, and obviously, like I said, I read all of these, but you know what 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 angers me is basically, you know, like sometimes, right? I think with NBC, the guy who was running it originally when he greenlit the pilot, he probably looked at it and thought, okay, this looks really cool, really good idea program set in the 80s about a, a girl who's a, a geek but then she kind of turns into a freak and and it's one of those where you're pitching it and then that guy leaves and then you just get this you know belligerent old man who's totally out of touch who says oh well for me i didn't grow up in high school i went to a boarding school and i went straight to princeton and now i'm gonna try and create programming for young people and not really knowing what young people want and I think that's ultimately what happened was, unfortunately for Judd Apatow, was that he was kind of a, a master to someone who was horribly out of touch. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And what what are we watching it now? What was it? So like twenty years on now from when that show was first released, and still. I was surprised it was even 20 years old, to be honest, because it was like the production values were that high. Um, yeah, I, I'm surprised and disappointed that, you know, it it got canned. But yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a cult show, so it kind of had its following and followers and they kind of enabled the show to at least have a finale and to at least see it out, see the whole first series out to an end, because I think they cancelled it by episode 12. I was like, why are you going to want to do that? Yeah, I mean, that's disappointing. I mean, imagine if you're um, an actor and, and someone's literally just put your work in the cupboard and, say, and you know, just shelved it. That's, that's, that must be really disappointing for those, for those actors, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's sort of like they're cancelling a bad show. They're, ca- they're cancelling a, a brilliant, brilliant TV show that, you know, had brilliant actors... Yeah, it just it didn't it didn't it didn't make sense and it's one of the most baffling cancellations of of a show that we've done. Obviously when I've looked at shows, you can kind of figure out and you know the method to the madness why good shows would have got cancelled. But even with the budget, give them the budget, give them the money. Give it to them. They've proven that it's a good show that they've proven themselves but yeah, it's just yeah, it's one of those things. So let's 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 get into episodes because I know they're quite uh, in depth. So uh, do you want to do the pilot? I mean, you can kind of do one, two, three because I did. After that, I did six, 
10, 11, and the finale. Okay, so when I've finished mine, I'm going to take my headphones off. And when you finish doing your episode rundown, give me the thumbs up. Because I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to hear what happens. This is a first in yesterday's capers. Um, so yeah, because I, I'm, I'm just like super excited to find out um, what you know how how this develops. So um, starts off 1980, and it's kind of it's a nice jib shot, and it comes down, and there's like a football player on a and a cheerleader on a uh, on the bleachers. You get like especially in the US, and they're kind of just saying sweet nothings to each other, and you kind of think that they're going to be the focus, and it kind of goes under the bleachers, and like the cool kids are like you know being cool kids and whatever freaks yeah freaks and and it's um james franco uh, so i've kind of used their real names on a lot of the times because i found it quite hard to keep in touch daniel so yes yeah, so it's daniel and he's telling the story about how he wore a shirt with like i can't remember what shirt it was but it's basically a nasty shirt and he wouldn't let him into shirt into church with it and he got kicked out of church um and he said um oh yeah and, and, he, and he's like oh it's church shouldn't they forgive me anyway yeah, exactly and to be honest, he's got a point. <laughs> I mean, it's better. He's like, they should forgive me. It's better to be in church with a bad shirt than not in church at all, right? You would have thought. So introducing Lindsay, she's kind of looking at the bad kids, but they don't, they don't really like touch on her that much. She's just like a, like an almost like a transition into Sam, yeah, Sam yeah. Neil, and Bill talking about. Uh, they're talking about Bill Murray, Bill Murray movie, I think. And a bully comes along. I, I wrote down Alex, but I know it's Alan. Yeah, um, and he starts on Sam and. The other boys are kind of just not doing anything about it, and they're like they're scared because they don't want to get caught up in the firing line as well. So, and they kind of just he's like, "Why don't you do anything?" He's like, "Well, I didn't want to get beat up as well." So, um, which I thought was kind of honest and, and funny. So, um, and then in in comes Lindsay, and she sticks up for Sam, and she scares a bully off. But obviously, Sam's like, "Dude, why'd you do that?" Because they, I think they're, they're brother and sister. You find out like in like, in the next scene, but um, Sam doesn't like it because it makes him look like a wimp if a girl has to stand up for him, if you see what I mean. And then the next line is, is the dad from home improvement. So, um, so yeah, so parents tell the kids that they both have to, like the conversation, but basically the long and the short of it is that they both have to go to the homecoming dance, which I'm guessing is the dance. There must be a school disco for when they come back to school, right? What here? No, in the U S like, we had like it's called the homecoming dance. Yeah, so that must be when they come back, right? From from holiday. Yeah, homecoming. That's what it means. Yeah, yeah homecoming. Coming home. Yeah, cool. Um. Uh, and then it's the cafeteria scene, and Alan smash comes up and smashes Sam's Twinkies. Um, and I always wanted to know what a Twinkie is. I never had one. I've never even. Have you never had a Twinkie? No, I don't even know what it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's like um, I don't even have to describe. It's like a soft. It's like a cake, basically, and there's like a little cream inside. Nice. I'll have to have a... Well, we don't get them here, right? Maybe you, you get those American shops where it's like, uh, that's a cereal and it's like 30 quid. They're not all that. Yeah. Overpriced. Twinkies are not all that. Really? Not all that. They're okay. Okay. Well, you're managing my expectations. So when I do try them, maybe... <laughs> um, so he... I like the pack lunch that Sam's mom writes going, any girl will be lucky to go to the dance with you. And then I think Billy is like, I love you, little man. Or, <laughs> or Neil. Yeah, it's like, I love you, little man. He's like, oh, any girl would be lucky to go to the dance with you. Yeah, I th- I, that's really sweet. But obviously, like, it, it's it's kind of like a moment where, you know, and, and I think there's time and time again, this, this, this show gets it right, where it's nailed, like, real 
situations and it's kind of portrayed them in a really good way so like obviously this is the bit where a, a boy becomes a man right and or he's he's growing up and he goes from mummy's sweet little boy to this horrible teenager and he kind of, they took it kind of shake they i think do you know like um lions when they grow that mane and they go first of all they grow that rubbish little mane and they <laughs> and and you know they've got to try and prove themselves as a man and and you know shake off that little boy image and i think there's... oh like bambi when he gets his uh antlers yeah exactly so i think it's just like as you know you're trying to shake off this little boy image and and you know and, and act and be a little bit more grown up so this is that moment that i think they're capturing quite well because obviously they're still kids and they're still very young and they still like the little young things anyway so they've got the little notes on the thing. and sam was like he destroyed my my twinkie or whatever and i love the teacher going yeah you need to just man up yeah he's, he's just he's, he says um he just tells him to like be a man uh, and and it's kind of that thing where and the thing is it's like the, the teacher's got a point it's like you got to kind of teach kids to stand up for themselves as well in a way um because Obviously, a teacher ain't going to be there maybe next time. He's just going to get his head kicked in. So, And obviously, turning on someone is it's obviously the right thing to do, as everything will tell you. But in reality, I'm not sure that's that's the case. So anyway, I'm not... Don't listen to me. I am just saying what I think. Um, my my views are my own, um, or whatever that caveat is. Um, uh, Lindsay talks to Dan and... And he and basically goes out with the cool kids, and she starts like that's the initiation where she's gone from. You learn later that she's this geeky kid, and now she's like ones with the freaky kids. And a geeky girl comes, geeky girl comes, which I don't know her name still. Mindy, Millie, Millie, yeah, Millie, yeah. And she's like really religious. Yeah, and she's like, why do? You, and she basically comes up to her and she's like, why are you not doing this? Why are you not doing that? She's like, shut up. Stop talking to me. She's like, get the hint. Like, go away. Like, you're destroying this for me. <laughs> and she, she's like kind of oblivious. Anyway, she tells her to go away. And she, but she's asking her, why, why aren't you not doing this decathlon? Is where, where you learn that Lindsay's actually a really smart girl, and she doesn't fit in with these people that she's trying to fit in with. Um, next scene is a cheerleader approaches Sam, and he, she's got his shirt. And and basically, there's a bit in. Uh, do you know everybody hates Chris? Cindy. Yeah, Cindy, Cindy comes up. And she's like, um, in everybody hates Chris. I've forgotten Chris's friend, and it will kill me because um, Greg always says whenever a girl talks to him or does something, he goes, "You're so in there," and and that's and that's basically what all of his friends do to this because they're basically saying they're like, "Oh, you got a chance of her because she's like she's so into you and this and that and the other." Anyway, and so so, so basically. They're saying to him to ask the girl to the homecoming dance because he has to go, Lindsay has to go, and they're basically trying to kind of find a date thing on this one. Uh, and a girl comes and nasty girl, I've forgotten her name, but I know she's blonde. Kim, is it Kim? Um, so she comes and she's a bit nasty. She's just like unnecessarily nasty. And she kind of knocks Lindsay's bag on the floor and she's horrible. Uh, and then this is this is kind of a locker room scene now, and the boys are getting dressed and they get threatened by um, Alan. And then Bill and Neil like both say something. And he's like, "You're dead." And then he's like, "No, you're dead." And they basically get themselves pulled into this little feud they're having. So now it's not just Sam on his own; it's, it's all of them. And the teachers, when they go into the sports hall, the teachers said, um, "Right, as a treat, guys, we're not going to do like PE today." And like, "Oh, can we go home?" Then he's like, "No, we get to play dodgeball." And all the all the all, all the strong kids and all you know the kind of like the you know. <laughs> you know the, the what sports kind people. of game is dodgeball i mean all the weak kids are like no <laughs> and they got their head in their hands and all the strong kids are like yeah 
and it's like kind of like weak kids versus strong kids um thing and it's quite it's quite funny but then they love it, they're like to sam run you idiot don't just stand there they're just literally just pummeling pummeling the ball at him and I, and I and I like that he manages to eliminate uh, Alan, and he's thinking, yes, yes. And he sees everyone with the balls. See, if it was corny, he would have won. He would have been the hero. But this is real. This is realer than real. Here, have a ball to the face. Yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed that scene. I thought it was really funny. And then it goes back to Lindsay, and there's this guy Eli, and he's kind of like um, uh, disabled, like mentally disabled, not physically. He's being mocked outside of a building. She goes up and she kind of like destroys these guys that are like, like mocking him. And then she asks in front of them, like, you know, will you go to the homecoming dance with me? He gets excited. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Then, so later on, these other guys are with Eli on a bench. So that later on, there's these other guys and they're, they're talking to Eli and they're kind of having like a conversation with him. But they're mocking him in the conversation. There's just I can't remember exactly how it goes, but basically he's Oh, they're saying, Oh, you wanna be the president like Ronald Reagan and he's like, Yeah, I wanna be the president, I'm gonna be the president and they're like, Yeah, yeah, you can be the president and they're like obviously giving each other looks, going like, Oh, look at this Yeah, yeah. look at this guy to get a load of him. Exactly. So it's all at Lindsay all at his expense. And then she kind of sticks up for him and but she says and I'm quoting here, so like no comments. And she says, um she goes, Yeah, but you're you, because you're retarded at, at him. And he says, I'm not retarded, I'm special. And he obviously takes offense to the fact that she, he's being called retarded, not special as he puts it. Um, yeah. So he runs off and says, I don't want to go to the dance with you. Like, you're out kind of thing. So she kind of, he kind of dumps her, which I thought was quite funny. But then he falls over and he breaks his arm, which then he has to go to the guidance counselor. Um, she, Lindsay has- I quite liked him. Yeah, I did as well. Where have I seen that guy before? He's like I've seen him. He's a famous yeah. actor as well, right? Yeah, and I've, yeah, he's like the he's obviously trying to be all like, oh, I'm cool, I'm the guidance counselor, and God, we never had guidance counselors in school. I did. I had one because I fell within the uh, DC um, category. Oh, there might have been a guidance counselor in and around our school, which I probably didn't yeah. realise. I think in sixth form we had like a someone that we could go and talk to we had a learn it was learning mentors and and that was only in the the i can't remember what year it is but the one you do your gcse's in and yeah any borderline students like me were told that they had to go and see it. so basically they're trying to bring me up from because i'm on the cd borderline they're trying to bring me up to a c rather than let me fall down to the d um yeah i can tell you it half worked and the other half didn't work um Anyway, so she goes to speak to this guy um, and he kind of asks her why why are you being like this sort of thing? Because he knows that she's like this mathlete and other American things that they do. Um, and she basically, he basically said, like, I can tell your mum about this or he says, I might not be able to control what you do outside of school, but I can make sure you come to the homecoming dance and man the refreshment stand. So I think, and what well, the thing is that she's got... Um, Invited to a party. Yeah, and, and, and obviously now she can't go because she has to go to this thing. And, and I think what the plan was, was this guy that she's... Oh, what's, his guy, what's his name? It was um, Selix. Is that his name? Jeff Jeff Fing's character. I can't remember what his name is. Oh, um, that's Nick. Yeah, so Nick said to her, like... Because she, she said, I'll take you to the... Go to the home... Uh, no, she said, come to the party with me. And she says, I have to go to the homecoming dance. And she goes, well, just lie to your parents. She says, I can't lie. And then 
He says, I'll take you, I'll dress up in a suit, I'll come and get you, I'll take you to the door, and then we'll go to the party. So you can say that you went, and you're not lying. So you're not technically lying, yeah. And obviously he tells her about what he lives for, and he shows her his entire drum kit, and he was advising her to kind of find what you live for, and, and, and oh, Jeff is the name of the uh, the guidance counsellor. And also, I think the geeks were discussing the Crestman conundrum, which is basically, if you fight the bully, then the bully will leave you alone. I think this was Harris who was telling them this. Because obviously they were saying, look, we, we got this fight with him. What are we going to do? What, what, what are our options? And they were saying, okay, maybe, maybe we should fight these bullies and maybe that way they'll leave us alone. Yeah, that, that fight is hilarious. Like, uh, they, they all just try and jump on him. Yeah, and, and it ends up that they actually defeat the bully. And basically, Sam's supposed to be there backing him up, but he gets asked. Um, he he gets asked to. Uh, hang on, I've, I've 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 actually mixed this up. So basically, Cindy comes up and starts talking to him. He plucks up the courage to ask her to the homecoming dance, and she says she's actually already got. He's meant to be going to the fight, but he gets caught up with Cindy, and and then it ends up that the other three boys is it Harris? Did you say and Neil and Bill? Harris, Neil, and Bill, yes. I think, were there. Yeah, and they managed to defeat him. He he goes off. He says, "I'll kind of, I'll be back," kind of thing. Uh, they go to the the dance. And oh, there's a bit with uh, sorry, there's a bit with Linda's Lindsay's dad, and he's obviously lecturing her about something or another. She like lashes out, saying that you know I'm different or whatever, and then we kind of get an idea of why she is the way she is because she's talking to Sam. And she tells him that she was the last person with their grandma when she was alive. And she kind of, I think, saw her grandma dying. So I think that kind of spooked her out a little bit. And that, yeah, it had a, it had a, an effect on her. Yeah, I'm glad you could pick that up, actually, because that's quite an important part of my notes. I literally just skipped over. So um, it cuts to the dance. And um, there's a couple of moments I really liked in this. So basically, um, Sam gets a dance with a girl, but he doesn't get the date. So he gets the dance that he wanted. Um, the guidance counselor Jeff says if uh, the worst thing in life is someone that makes you go to a dance then you've got a pretty good life and I quite like that yeah and it puts things in, into perspective and um, so Sam asks Cindy to dance she says yes it's a very sweet moment and the music goes fast as they kind of go to the dance floor so he kind of has to <laughs> so, so he kind of has to just go with it um, and then li- Lindsay dances with Eli and that's a really nice moment as well. Um, uh, yeah, and that's the end of that episode, I think. Yep, and uh, it's over to you with episode two and three. Yeah, so episode two, um, Lind- Lindsay's parents and, and obviously Sam's parents are going away and they're having a party. Um, sorry, so, so basically they, 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 as soon as Lindsay sells, tells Dan and the freaks and stuff about this thing, they, they jump on it. Oh, you're going to have a party because uh, uh, your parents are going out and obviously that's a done thing right parents go away and so they start raising money for a keg of beer which I thought was cake for a long time um, and they managed to grab, get one for the party but then the boys are like oh Sam's like I don't want this party to happen kind of thing but they're kind of like damaged invitation so they they have a plan to sabotage the party and they decide to switch the kegs with a non, non-alcoholic keg they go to this shop and the they speak to the, the, the shop clerk and they said can can I have a keg of beer? And he's like, yeah, you know, kind of do another one. And they said, can I... Oh, we want a non-alcoholic keg. And the, he says... Um, he kind of piques their interest. So so they pique his interest. And uh, and he's like, um, 
what for? And he said, oh, we're going to swap it out for this party so that the house doesn't get wrecked. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a noble cause. All right, you can have it. So they take the keg home and um, they have to distract um, uh, Lindsay whilst they kind of um, switch the kegs. So they go to the in the party. Everyone's drinking this fake beer, but they think that they're drunk, but they're not because obviously the placebo effect, they think they're drinking. The worst one is Lindsay. She thinks she's completely wasted. Um, and the boys have hidden the keg, the keg in their room. So, yeah, so they think they're getting drunk, but they're not. Um, and, and and the boys have hidden the keg in their room, and Neil has to... Um, it's not Neil, I think it's Bill. It's Bill the tall guy, right? Bill's the tall guy. Yeah, he's the one tall with the glasses. Yes, so Bill's Bill's uh, Bill's guarding it, and 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 neil and um and sam are kind of going around the party like you know tidying up things and moving things and trying to police the party a little bit and 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 um bill's just in the room watching tv and he's kind of sipping away at the at the beer <laughs> and and so he's kind of like getting a little bit drunk and basically um uh lynn uh, so dan she kind of like has this little will they won't they thing kind of going on with dan and I think she maybe fancies him a little bit. And basically, he split up with Kim at the beginning of the episode. And they, basically, they get back together and they start like making out on her bed. And she's really upset about it. So she goes outside. And then um, uh, Nick, Nick, that's a fella, right? Nick Nick tries it on with her. And, and she gets a bit, she's like, what the hell's going on? And so she goes crying to um, Neil. And Neil's like, um, oh, it's okay kind of thing and he he fancied he'd been in love with her since he was like five or whatever it was so and he basically says like um they've run out of beer and they're going to get another one he's like and and obviously the part then that will be real alcohol and the party will get really out of hand so he says what i'll do is i'll call the police and pretend to be the neighbor uh so they come and kind of bust the party but you don't have to be a snitch kind of thing so he does that he calls the police and then he goes out and says oh the cops are coming and everyone kind of runs out um then she goes. She goes to bed. Uh, there's no major damage or anything to the property. And then Neil's um, the only one that's actually drunk. Not Neil. Bill is the only one that's actually drunk in the whole party. Even all the old people. And he's just passed out on the floor. Um, but yeah, that's the end of that episode. Um, episode three. And I didn't write any notes here, so this is gonna be very sparse. Was a Halloween episode. And um, basically, um, it starts off and again with a little boy man situation. Um, uh sam said he's not going to go trick-or-treating this year um lindsay said but lindsay said i'll still i'll still stay home with you mum, and i'll hand out sweets and stuff to the kids um dad's like whatever i don't i think kids shouldn't do trick-or-treating when they get too old and you know he's like kind of like happy about that then when sam and neil and harris and uh, bill get to school they decide between them that they're going to do trick-or-treating lindsay gets an invite to her friends to hang out with them um, so both going against what they'd said earlier to their parents and stuff like that. So when they get home, um, uh, Sam says to his mum that I'm going to go trick or treat in, um, and she's kind of happy about it because um, he's still her little boy. Um, so he gets dressed and goes out trick or treating. Dad's like, "What well, you shouldn't be going out," kind of thing. But he goes out anyway, and uh, um, Bill dresses up as a um, bionic woman, and it's it's such a convincing like. Uh, and it's such a convincing um uh fancy dress and um and, and, and I, I really enjoyed this little bit where um they they kind of all got costumes i think um Harris is dressed with a guy with a knife in his head bill's dressed up as a bionic woman 
um, Harry, uh, Harry, sorry, Harris, Harris Knifehead, uh, Sam Tin Man, Bill is Bionic Woman, and um, Neil starts to try and dress up as Charlie Chaplin, but he ends up just looking like Hitler. So he ends up like just painting, but so he ends up painting a moustache all the way across his face instead, so he's not like um, not Hitler kind of thing. <clears throat> Lindsay still hasn't told her mum that she is going to go on this party, so um, she goes out. Um, she kind of literally just runs out at the last minute. And says, "Oh, I'm going to be back, but I'm going out with my friends." And they get, they're kind of just driving around and they kind of get up to mischief, like smashing people's mailboxes and stuff like that. And she's kind of enjoying it, smashing people's pumpkins, <clears throat> and she's kind of enjoying like being a little rat bag. And then she's like, "Oh, that's excellent people, you know, as people do on Halloween or whatever." And so these like this, these kids are kind of walking up and they egg the. Oh, actually, so before that, Sam, Neil, Harris, and thing get beat up by the bullies. They catch up with them again in this episode, and they take all the sweets off them. So they've just been roughed up by the bullies, and then uh, Lindsay's Lindsay and her mates like start egging people, and they egg these kids that are just standing there. And it turns out to be Sam and Neil and everyone else. They just get egged, and then Lindsay spots it. Same as she goes, "Oh, I feel really bad," and um, they go back. Um, and and then Sam just like is really upset at his own sister because they're kind of quite tight as a couple like, as, as like a brother and sister, and he's really upset that it was um, that it was her and he kind of just walks off from her. Um, then she goes home and she decides that she doesn't want to be like that that kind of like bad girl. And even Kim says like, oh, I knew she'd be a drag because she just wants to go home after that. And so she goes home and gets dressed and starts handing out sweets of her mum like, you know, she wanted to in the first place. And Sam goes and he's just like, he has to read this book for school, this crime and punishment. And he went out trick-or-treating so he didn't have to read the adult book. And then he just ends up reading the adult book. And it's kind of one of those episodes where you don't like what's happening, but you kind of just got to accept, you know, that sometimes what you want to do is not the best, best uh, outcome. Um, and that was kind of the moral of the story in that episode thoroughly enjoyed all three episodes i watched so far right so i think this is the time when uh if you don't want to know the results look away now yeah i'm taking my headphones off so i'll be watching the screen okay so it's just me and you listeners me and you um so i watched episode six called i'm with the band so it kind of starts off with nick he's a very very good drummer He's playing some tune onto the drum and we learn that the school the the school district says that boys now have to have showers after gym classes and obviously Sam is nervous about this and he feels very uncomfortable and the coach is forcing the, the geeks to have a shower but they somehow manage to get out of it. And there's basically a battle of the band and the freaks are getting ready for it. And Lindsay has some ideas for names for the band. So Mission Control or Anarchy's Child. And after band practice, Nick's dad is talking to him and he's basically saying, look, you need to get a C plus average or you have to join the army and you have to stop drumming in the house. And obviously Nick is quite upset about this. And Lindsay is telling Nick to keep on drumming as it's his first and only love. Neil and Bill decide to have a shower, but Sam doesn't. He's still trying to defy the, the coaches in the showers. 
and Lindsay is basically telling them, look, the band needs to practice if you want to be great. And Nick is realizing that the band aren't very good. He's like telling them, look, we need to be better. We need to be playing better. And Daniel's like, look, this is getting really, really boring. Ken's the same. And they all walk out. And the geeks are having a discussion about girls and how girls can like them. And Lindsay's telling Daniel that, look, Nick might join the army unless you sort it out with the band. And Daniel's like, you know what? Let it happen because they have a big falling out. And Sam is hiding in the toilet, but he gets caught and he has to go to gym. And Lindsay's telling Nick that there's a band called Dimension and that they need a drummer. And Sam's parents are advising him about the whole shower situation. And they're saying to him, you've got a beautiful body. Don't worry about it. Don't be ashamed. And Lindsay has to say it as well. And then Nick goes to the audition, isn't going too well, and he ends up not making the band, and he's worrying about joining the army, and Lindsay kisses him, and then I think that's the start of their relationship, and Sam decides to take a shower, but Alan and bullies lock him out, and they end up taking these towels, so he ends up running the hall naked, and... Coach Fredericks is flirting with another lady coach and he's basically like, what the hell are you doing? Get back inside or whatever. And so he's like streaking before prior to that. He's like basically streaking naked. And Nick goes back to the patio with the freaks after they find out that he flopped his audition and they're welcoming him back with open arms. And Cindy and the cheerleaders were cheer were cheering Sam on. They're like, oh, good for you. You're running naked. And Alan was like, the bully was like, oh, whatever, you're still a loser, you're still a geek. Episode 10 was The Diary. And Kim and Lindsay, it starts with them trying to hitchhike. And they end up taking a ride with someone who knows Lindsay's dad. And he's like, you know what, I feel obliged to tell him that, look, she's wilding out and I need to tell. And obviously Lindsay's dad is furious about the hitchhiking. And they're trying to find out where the influence is coming from. And so they invite Kim's parents. Meanwhile, at the school, they're picking teams for baseball. Naturally, the geeks get picked last. Last, And the girls are laughing at them. And Bill is unfortunate to be the very, very last pick. And Lindsay is telling Kim that her parents want to meet her parents. And so the geeks want to try and get their own back on Coach Fredericks. And they're prank calling the coach to ask him... To let the geeks play first. And Kim's mom is criticising Kim for lying. And she says that she reads Kim's diary in order to get the truth. And Lindsay's parents decide that they don't want her seeing Kim. And Lindsay's dad is suggesting that they read Lindsay's diary. But his wife, mum, she refuses. And basically Lindsay is telling her, look, this is what my parents are saying that I shouldn't see you anymore. And Kim is obviously quite offended, thinking, look, why are you following what your parents are saying? And and yeah, so we see that Jean and Harold are going into a room and they look for the diary. And they find it and they read it. But instead of reading about Kim, they end up reading it about themselves. 
and the diary saying that the mum and dad are quite repressed and they had a monotonous routine so they end up getting more than what they bargained for and they're like analyzing each other's lives and kim is basically sounding off to daniel about Lindsay, and saying look how could she think this about me and about her parents how can they say all that stuff about me and to switch it up gene is making cornish game hens for dinner and harold is like what the hell is this like what are you cooking and he's like playing about with it and gene isn't happy about it and the coach confronts the kids in the gym about prank calls and he's making all the kids read what the prank call says he realizes that it's bill and that bill tells the coach that look i'm good at baseball and it's your fault because you perpetuate the whole idea that geeks should be picked last you know maybe it we should be the ones to pick the teams we should be the ones to be first and he's like to the coach like i want to pick the teams let me pick the teams and daniel's obviously telling Lindsay that look kim's feelings are hurt and so coach fredericks agrees and gordon and bill are captain and geeks are picked first and Lindsay is backing up kim in a class when they're discussing a book and bill catches the ball in baseball and they're playing gonna fly now from rocky and everyone is so happy like it's a win but everyone's like you idiot it's only the first out and so again back to reality and Lindsay inviting Kim to her house. And Jean is accusing Harold of being boring. And she's saying that they need to change and not be robots. And Harold's like, look, I'm not a robot. I do love you. I do appreciate you. It's all good. And Lindsay is inviting Kim to her house. And the parents are like, okay, fine. You could be friends with Kim. Episode 11, Looks and Books and so the freaks get a gig and they're like look we need to use your parents car Lindsay, so that we can get to the gig so Lindsay ends up taking the car and she crashes it into another car causing a big old problem and the the freaks are making it worse and they're like daniel's like oh and he's being a real creep about it and she's like you know what i'm gonna tell the police i'm gonna tell your parents and they're taunting the lady and also Lindsay's parents. They're like, you know what? We're sick and tired of you hanging around with these people. You're grounded for I don't even know how long. And you're not even allowed to see the freaks. And Lindsay's like really, really upset and really sorry about what happened. And she's like, you know what? This is all your fault. You made me do this. You're all so lazy you don't have anything going for your lives. You're all useless. And then she says, you know what? I'm going to go back to, you know, being a mathlete and I want to take care of my life. And Sam, he sees Cindy flirting with a jock. And so he's like, you know what? I'm going to try a new look. I'm going to try new hair. I'm going to try and make it better. And the freaks are like reeling over what Lindsay says to them. And so they're like, you know what? We've got plans. And they're like, let's talk about our plans. And Kim's like, you know what? I kind of want to be a lawyer or something. And Ken is like, you know what? I'm going to inherit my dad's company. And then I'm going to sell it and move it to Hawaii. And Daniel's like, you know what? I don't know. 
And so Lindsay's like, I want to be a mathlete again. And obviously they're like, look, you've been out of the team for a long time. You're going to have to sit on the bench because that's where you are. That's where you belong. And so she's coming back home every day. And she's like to her parents, look, I want to be a mathlete. She even changes the way she dresses. And she's like, look, I'm not going to go back to them. I promise I'm going to change my way. I'm going to straighten up and fly right. And then Millie invites Lindsay to a slumber party and she decides to come. And Sam, he wants to buy new clothes because he's like, you know what? I'm, I don't want mom dressing up. And so, uh, yeah, like my mom, I don't want my mom going shopping with me. Obviously, every boy feels this. You don't want their mom to go shopping for them. And then, yeah, he wants to buy new clothes. His dad agrees. He's like, you know what? It's time for you to be a man. And Kim is basically telling Daniel to get it together because she's saying, oh, we should sneak off somewhere. And then there's a girl in the Mathletes, Shelly, and she's like, oh, wow, you lost your first block spot. You hang around with someone called Kim. I heard she's pregnant. And Lindsay ends up rejoining the team. But this is at the expense of Millie, her friend of all people. And she's taking the mathlete seriously. And Sam and Billy are going shopping. And they're looking at this jumpsuit, jumpsuit, which is known as a Parisian night suit. And basically the disco guy's like, hey, this is cool in Paris. You're going to be the, the, the envy of everyone at school. And he ends up wearing it, but it doesn't really work out. And he's actually trying to leave, but it doesn't really like happen for him. And Daniel is confiding in Harris, who's one of the geeks. And he confides in him and he's saying, do you think I'm a loser? And he's like, well, you smoke and you don't come to class. So I guess you are cool. And the big mass tournament comes along and the freaks all are all there to support Lindsay. And Sam confides in the guidance counsellor, Jeff. And he tells him that, you know what, in life, it is all about confidence. If you're the most confident person in the world, then that's going to come out and it's going to show. And the geeks are kind of saying to themselves, look, we're cool, we're cool. And meanwhile, back at the slumber party, Lindsay is saying that, look, I can't be with you girls anymore. I don't want to be a mathlete anymore. But she says that she will always be friends with Millie. And Lindsay goes back to the freaks and they go see a movie. There was a really, really interesting scene. I can't remember in what episode it was. But I do believe it might have been. So basically one of the teachers in the school. Because obviously they say, look, why do we get bullied? Why is it always us? What what do we do to deserve to be bullied? And one of the teachers was saying, look, this is the hierarchy of school. So this is where all the cool kids are. And this is where you are. And then you'll see as, as you grow up and as time goes by, the, the gap starts to bridge. And the geeks, you guys, are going to get all the MIT... You're going to get all the scholarships. You're going to get Ivy League colleges. And the jocks are going to be serving you your McDonald's 10, 15 years down the line. 
So I can't remember what episode that was from, but that was a really, really, really good, poignant scene. And okay, so the last episode or the finale was Discos and Dragons. And they crash a disco party and they're basically shouting, Disco sucks. And they see Nick at this. And so, yeah, the geeks are fed up of being geeks. And basically, the AV club teacher tells them what happens. And yeah, Sam's like, you know what? I'm not I'm not really with this. I want this to happen now. I want this. I want this to be a thing now. I want to be on top of the, the cool kids now. And then Dave, he's supposed to. Okay, so, yeah, Daniel ends up joining the AV club because a guidance counsellor catches him and starts to talk to him. And he's basically saying, look, don't waste your life. Don't be a dosser. And Lindsay is selected for an academic summit at the University of Michigan. And she spends has to spend time debating and studying because she's in the top 1% at the school and she agrees to it. And Lindsay is raising concerns with the guidance counsellor. And he tells her about the album American Beauty by the Grateful Dead. And he tells her, look, it's an amazing album. Just give it a listen, mull it over, figure it out, see what you think about it. I mean, I actually went back to listen to this album and it's actually a pretty good album. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And the geeks are obviously not happy about Daniel joining. And Ken tells Nick, that he's only going out with Sarah to make Lindsay jealous. And Dave says that Lindsay and Nick should get back together. And Lindsay is listening to the American Beauty album. She loves it and it completely changes her outlook on life. And Lindsay's parents are telling her, look, this is a great opportunity. Don't waste it. Go to this summit. And Daniel has to set up the video because obviously he's now in AV class, but he ends up messing up. And Daniel's saying, look, I'm so awful at everything. And he ends up pushing Kim away. And Sam doesn't want to play Dungeons and Dragons anymore because he thinks he's too geeky. But then when Daniel says, you know what, I'll play with you guys. Then Sam says, OK, I'm going to play. And Lindsay is sounding off to Kim about not wanting to go to the academic summit. And Kim was like, you know how lucky you are that you're going to leave this town. And yeah, so the DJ and the disco, they confront Ken for heckling and he gets thrown out. And Daniel, he has to, and Daniel is playing Dungeons and Dragons, but he's a dwarf. Nick, he's got a new girlfriend, as I said, Sarah, and he's even quit smoking pot. He's dancing well and he's basically enjoying this new life. And Daniel is enjoying his company with the geeks. And Blake and Eugene are dancing. Oh, bloke called Eugene is dancing and he's doing magic. I'm not really sure what that's about. Really random. And so Daniel's like, you know what? I've really enjoyed this. Maybe I'm going to come around again. And it kind of ends with Lindsay heading off to the University of Michigan. She boards the bus. She's like, you know, look, I'm going to really miss you guys. I'm going to see you guys in a couple of weeks. But then we realise that she's going off on tour with the Grateful Dead. Because I think some of the kids were saying, look, we're going to go on the road with the Grateful Dead. We're going to follow them on tour. And Kim and Lindsay decide to go with them on tour. 
probably shouldn't have you on to this one. But um, in 2012, an interview with Vanity Fair, Paul Feig detailed what would have happened to the characters in a second season. So Lindsay would have become a human rights lawyer years after following The Grateful Dead. And Sam would have joined the drama club. Neil will cope with his parents' divorce by joining a swing choir in school. Bill would join the basketball team, becoming a jock and leading to tension with the geeks. Daniel would end up in jail and Kim would become pregnant on tour while following the Grateful Dead. And Nick would be pressured by his strict father to join the army. And yeah, I was I told listeners, by the way, about what happens if there was a potential second season. OK, so they set one up. Well, they didn't set it up. It was just one of those what if yeah. things. And yeah, so that was Freaks and Geeks. Any last thoughts? No, I, I, just incredible. I'd I'd actually recommend anyone to watch this. Um, and it just makes me looking forward to the next series of Stranger Things as well. Yeah, I, I loved this show. I thought it was magnificent. If we were doing top fives this week, Geeks and Freaks or Freaks and Geeks would make that top list comfortably so yeah it's a really 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 good show and it makes me feel really really bad about talking about this next show because it's it wasn't a bad show it really wasn't but yeah it was just one of those where i want to give freaks and geeks their flowers i want to give them their flowers that they truly 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 deserve and maybe they would never have gotten flowers anywhere else other than yesterday's capers so um this is for you, freaks and geeks, and yeah, you earn your flowers. Wicked Science. So we're going back to July 2004, and some of the things happening in the world. The Russian Federation stops recognizing Soviet Union passports as legal identification. The unmanned Cassini Huygens spacecraft arrives at Saturn. The former South African president Nelson Mandela calls for commitment by the world to take action against AIDS. iRobot was in the cinemas. And Lola's Theme by Shapeshifters was number one in the charts. So Wicked Science. So this was a Australian television series which debuted on February 2004 in Australia but came to the UK in July. And the series focuses on Toby and Elizabeth, who are two teenagers who are mysteriously turned into wizards of science. They're two students in the same grade. Toby is a regular student and Elizabeth is kind of plugged in and she's really mean and nobody likes her. But she really likes Toby. And one day a ray hits Toby and Elizabeth and they both acquire some scientific superpowers becoming genie eyes. Not geniuses, genie eyes. And yeah, Toby, he's regular, easygoing, and he struggles with homework and girls. And Elizabeth is a teacher's pet, nobody likes her. And Toby is not really happy with his new gift, but Elizabeth wants to reveal using his powers to control the high school, and Toby is the only one capable to stop her. And now the boring sand bay school is now turned into chaos with continuous and unexplained events and toby doesn't know how to control the gift but elizabeth revels in her newfound power 
She wants to dominate the school and she wants to use her gift as the ultimate weapon for success and power. He may not like it, but Toby has to be the one to hold her back. Battle lines are drawn and they have to fight off inevitable, invisible, not inevitable, invisible cars, flying lawnmowers, a cloned school principal and a rampaging T-Rex. The characters of this show, so there's Toby, Elizabeth, Russ, who is Toby's best friend, Dinah or Dina, Dinah, Dina, and she's a smart, good-looking girl that the boys like, and she takes an immediate dislike to Elizabeth. There's Verity Maguire, and she's been Elizabeth's best friend since primary school. Garth King, who's the dim-witted school bully. Professor Carl Tesla, who is the physics professor. Principal Alexa Viner. And Sasha Johnson, who is Toby's cousin, and she moves to Sandy Bay in the second series. So, Wicked Science. So this was a um, a kind of an Aussie show. So I, I don't know what it is about Aussie shows, but I always really like them. I always think they do really well. Um, it was a little bit, even though the demon headmaster have had hypnotism, this was a little bit more for, more far-fetched than that, uh, which made it, uh, I guess, a little bit more difficult to watch. And the CGI on this show was rubbish. <laughs> I mean, if you're into... Well, you say that, but in 2004, it would have been the bomb. Yeah, I mean, it was like... They, 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 you got the benefit of high definition and... Yeah, that's one thing I noticed, actually, even with um, Demon Head Master, was watching it on a, on a nice HDTV, it's not... It doesn't lend itself well to things they hid from, you know, from yeah. old cameras. Um, I'll say, but you know, it wasn't a bad show. The acting was good. It's like um, it was a kind of a cool storyline. It was like very involved. Um, yeah, uh, is that one thing I will say? It's very unfortunate that it's on with this other show. But I would have said, like twelve, thirteen-year-old, I would have loved this show. Yeah. Would have loved this show growing up. This would have been my joint. But alas, we didn't really see this on CBBC or CITV. But still saying that, I thought it was a really fun show. I thought it was a nice, decent show. A lot of science involved. I I really liked it. I, do, I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm not going to like it as much as Freaks and Geeks, but... I liked the show as a standalone show and I thought it was fine. Completely agree. I mean, I didn't struggle to get through any of the episodes here. I didn't struggle with No, me anything. neither. I, I actually really enjoyed the show. Um, like you said, following on from... Um, it's like... Um, you know, it's like following uh, Adele at a uh, school talent show. Do you know what I mean? And you've got a recorder yeah. in your hand or something like that. And it's like... <laughs> So it's obviously a tough act to follow with Freaks and Geeks. But in itself, on its own show, it was actually a really cool, fun show. So let's talk about episodes then we watched. Um, so I watched in episode 1, 2, and then 24. Okay, so you do 1 and 2. I'll talk about 13, then you can talk about 24. Cool. So episode 1 was called T-Rex. Or The Gift. So it's the first day back. And Russ is Toby's mate. He reminded me of... Um, Oh, what's his name? The guy from um, Saved by the Bell. What's his name? The Hair. I knew it. Screech. Screech, yeah. 
Yeah, he he, remi- he really reminded me of him. He's just his character and everything about him. I'm sure that they said, you know, let's have this psychic character, you know, like Screech from Saved by the Bell. I'm pretty sure how that casting went. Um, this girl comes in and she's called Dina and she needs to know where the science room is. So they all go to science together. So they're all sat there. Russ, um, Toby and Dina are all sat together. And Garth, uh, the teacher was doing, like, had done this paleontology course in the um thing and he has these rocks and they're going to try and examine the rocks and um and then his girl elizabeth comes in and she's late and she tells um dina to move because she always sits next to toby and, and basically they say you can do one um and she kind of gives her the eyes and it's this thing and so the teacher has this rock with a skull inside it and basically they saying, who wants to help me figure out what, you know, scan these rocks and analyze them? And Elizabeth's like, I'll do it, I'll do it, because she's the teacher's pet kind of thing. Um, Toby and Russ get detention, forgot why, but they have to clean up the amphibian's tank. And, and then in, in here, I've written, girls are awful. Dina and Elizabeth are playing games already. It's like they don't even know each other. And they're like two cats that have seen each other and they've got their backs up and they're like... Um, so I thought that was quite funny um elizabeth and toby and russ are in the science lab because elizabeth's doing the whole scanny rocks thing toby and russ are in detention and this guy and this frog escapes and it jumps onto the keyboard where the laser is and it zaps elizabeth and toby and it they kind of fall unconscious russ tries to give russ comes in and tries to give mouth to mouth to elizabeth and she whacks <laughs> she wakes up and just whacks him one <laughs> which i thought was really funny um really funny thing and and so basically now he's a genius and and so is elizabeth and they know they get these flashes of like really complex and impossible equations for anybody even top professors to understand they can solve in seconds toby decides he's going to build a double helix and now he knows all about dna and how um to build life uh next episode they're not next episode so next lesson they're talking about extinct dinosaurs and it's like here's a bone of a dodo here's a bone of a t-rex and this and and the other and and then um, Dina says, oh, wouldn't it be great if there was Dodo still walking around because they'd be so cuddly and this and that and the other. And then Toby says, do you know what? I'll do it. I'll clone a Dodo. Elizabeth hears what's, going, what's happening and she swaps over the bones from a T-Rex bone to a Dodo bone. And she also gets this amphibian stuff on it so that it's got like an extra growth hormone because they grow really fast. And so he does it and then they find out about what's going to happen. And he says, oh yeah, in 21 days the egg will hatch. And then... They run back and the T-Rex is actually like a massive T-Rex. It's not fully grown, but it's like an adolescent T-Rex. <laughs> and it's sm- and it's like the worst CGI. Like this little T-Rex comes out and it's like... Um, it, to be fair, acting was very good because obviously this T-Rex isn't even there and they're acting as if it is. And I, I think a costume or a robot would have... Well, maybe it's too expensive to, to hire like the sort of robots to do that sort of thing. But yeah... It was bad. But anyway, it was good. They had to run and hide. And this is where it kind of lost me, this episode. So, like, they filled this stuff um, from this tank. And they filled, put it into a super soaker. And they squirted it onto the dinosaur. And then it turns into a little dinosaur. And, and then into cells. Um, and then they kind of like, oh, it's both of us. They Because she made it big. And they know it's both of them. Uh, that's the end of that episode episode two was called flying mower and one thing i really liked was they referenced the previous episode with a broken shed the dad says like when are you going to fix my shed kind of thing 
or what happened to my shed and he was like oh we were playing a game and it broke um um elizabeth says don't say anything to anyone because he wants to tell us that both of them are like it and she says i'll deny it if you tell anyone um and then he goes to tell the teacher but she kind of butts, butts in and says oh i've got this really important thing i need to talk to you about and because she's the teacher's pet he says i'll speak to you the teacher's called tesla mr tesla um they have a test and toby smashes the test gets 100 percent on it toby's dad's the caretaker elizabeth causes a distraction and till steals the master copy from the test puts it in toby's locker so that the teacher obviously doesn't believe he's an overnight genius because he was like a average student at best before that he opens a locker sees this um thing and gives him an f and puts him on yard duty i don't know what the hell yard duty is but that's what he gets put on then he has a flash and it's kind of like an apple in his hand it's like a newton apple thing kind of whole thing going on there this whole episode's like apples and newton's laws and stuff like that um uh, Elizabeth and other girl going into Dina's workplace and they throw bugs at her so Dina gets the sack uh, Dina gets let go she goes goes home early gets fired um, and in the meantime Toby's making an anti-gravity CD thing and he shows them he's like oh that'd be cool he goes meet me at school at 5am and tell the, and uh, and he makes a flying lawnmower and which I put is pointless because there's no grass in the sky and Russ calls the whole school to see the invention um elizabeth clocks on and she takes out the um the thing that makes it fly and it doesn't take off he crashes into the shed and the shed explodes because it's got some fuel or something in there uh the teacher thinks he's crazy and dina says don't tell anyone because otherwise you'll have to go to some institute or some people will take you and and this and that and the other so they all decide that they will keep it a secret from that moment on that's the end of episode two and the next episode i watched was the finale of uh, series one um okay so i watched episode 13 which was the centenary ball so i think this was a continuing thing so it was one of those shows where it was um a storyline continue so yeah dina seems to be mad at toby because he ends up protecting elizabeth over something and dina is the uh, set designer for the school celebration Elizabeth is the director and she isn't too happy about it and she chooses Toby to be her assistant and he has to follow her around everywhere and make notes and basically Elizabeth dreams of ringing the old school bell because that's like the ceremonial thing Dina crashes the set and Elizabeth is trying to do her work and basically being a bossy and she's basically trying to put them into shape and then there's drilling and hammering going on. And Russ accidentally trips over Elizabeth as she rings the bell by accident. Dina defends Russ saying it was only an accident. And she confronts Elizabeth as she quits and everyone walks away. And Mr. Tesla, who's like watching in secret, he talks to Elizabeth and decides to replace her as director and give the role to Dina. And Elizabeth gets really angry by this and she vows to get even with Dina and we basically learn that sound can destabilize any structure that's loud enough and so elizabeth tampers with the bell mr tesla catches them with the actor with the keys and toby doesn't want to go to the concert but russ convinces him to go and support him and toby overhears elizabeth's sabotage plot and he tries to fix it toby's too late to reach dina and she rings the bell the bell almost collapses on dina but toby saves her 
principal confronts Elizabeth for stealing and he says that she's a disgrace to the school. Dina thanks Toby for saving her. And Toby is like to Elizabeth, look, you're so evil. You may be pretty, but you're ugly inside. And I want nothing to do with you. Just leave me alone. And so Elizabeth goes, I'm going to get revenge on you if it's the last thing I do. And that's how that episode ends. I'm not sure if I really like the baddie goody thing in this. But anyway, um, alas, uh, Toby's in trouble and will be expelled if he doesn't explain himself. Not sure what he's explaining himself about, but he's... Um, basically, if he says that he's a genius and this whole thing happened, then everything will be fine, but he doesn't. Um, and Elizabeth's trying to turn his genius off, so she's trying to work out how to reverse the process. And she tests it on Garth, um, but it doesn't make him a genius, it just uh, doesn't affect him at all. Um, teacher asks um, Elizabeth about Toby um, and, uh, like, you know, what's going on, kind of thing. And she says, um, so she goes and tells Toby that she can help deal with this whole situation. You make it go away. And she goes to the teacher and she tries to, she's, she, I think she's been making money out of her genius. Um, and she kind of pops a check on the teacher's desk and says like, oh, there you go. That's for the school kind of thing. It's my donation. And then she says, oh, by the way, like you don't have to like um, expel him. And then the teacher goes mad and says like, you're kind of bribing me and you're trying to influence the school. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Elizabeth's answer is to get rid of the teacher and clone her. So she's creating a clone of the teacher in the basement. And uh, meanwhile, Dina and Russ and Toby are coming up with a plan to try and sort this whole situation out. And he decides that he will tell Tesla the truth um, and then figure out um, what's going on. So uh, meanwhile, Elizabeth is making plans involving... She knows that um, the teacher, um, the head teacher, has give, been given a... a is kind of like feeling out a job opportunity in Japan and she makes a fake video of this guy that's who she's talking to offering her the job in Japan like because she's a genius and she could do it on computers and stuff so she goes to the teacher the teacher sees a video and she's like basically on a plane like one o'clock that afternoon so she they replace her with the clone and they wake her up by doing the kind of Frank Frankenstein kind of like electric bolt to the head kind of thing and um, he tells Tesla by showing him an anti-gravity kind of thing and he kind of does a demonstration where he says stand on this and he flies him around and stuff like that and so he kind of believes her so then they go to the head teacher and, and, and say all of this stuff and say Elizabeth's a baddie this and that and the other this is happening um, and she says okay well you're not expelled from the school but you're fired and fires the teacher um, and the teacher goes and says like oh I believe you now, you know, sorry about everything and kind of shakes hands. And I, I guess this is like a very significant moment where they shake hands and they're kind of good. But obviously the clone is the head teacher and, and, and that was literally the end of the series. That was the last moment of the series was cliffhanger. So kind of frustrated about that because I was kind of in, wanted to see how it kind of ended. But I watched series two, episode one, The Flies. So... Toby wants a normal school term and Elizabeth wants a new science partner and she says that she wants to be friends again with Toby and she's trying to make friends with her friends Verity and Garth. It appears that they have lost their scientific powers and they're just normal now and Dina is sending postcards to Toby from travelling and Elizabeth goes into the lab and she's back in business 
and Verity tries to leave. She's like, you know, what? I don't want to do this anymore with you. But she goes, uh, no chance. You're staying right here with me. And yeah, so I think she still has the, the genius. And basically, yeah, she wants to make the school forget that she was this horrible person with this bad reputation. The new principal, Mrs. Hammer, wants the school to become a lot better than what it was before. And Toby realizes that Elizabeth is a genius again. She wants him to join her. But, but he's like, you know what? I would never join anything with you. She, she goes, you know what? Stay the hell out of my way, boy. And then Sasha follows Russ into Elizabeth's lab. And they get turned into flies. And the message said, if you're reading this message, it means you still don't trust me. And then, yeah, they get turned into flies. And Elizabeth is trying to tempt Russ and Sasha so that um, she can turn them back into normal and then zap their memories. And then Toby sees Russ and Sasha through the microscope in class because they managed to fly to Toby's desk. And Toby goes to the lab to see what he can do. And then he becomes a genius again. And Toby manages to save them in time from a spider and turn Sasha and Russ human again. And then Sasha's like, is it crazy here? She's like, okay, I think I'm going to like it. And then the finale was King Cuddly. And it looks like Jack, who was a new student. He, and yeah, so in the first episode, we see that Jack, he's basically wondering what the hell's going on. He knows that something's up with Elizabeth and Toby. And later on, we kind of see that he wants some of this genius stuff. And it looks like, yeah, Jack and Elizabeth are together. and But she's still thinking about Toby. And Jack is like, you know what? Why don't you change back to being normal and not be a genius anymore? And Elizabeth is like, okay, I agree. And the end of year report cards are out. And Sasha is top of the class ahead of Elizabeth. Russ gets a 51% overall, which is a pass. But he gets a lot of feedback and Elizabeth is showing Jack the genius machine and how it works. And as a gift to the class, the teacher brings a koala to the school as the end of year surprise. And Jack keeps the real genius disc and he gives Elizabeth a fake. And she tries to lure Toby into the lab so that she can reverse the genius. But Jack ends up becoming a genius too. And he threatens both Elizabeth and Toby and he wants to be the only genius. Garth, the bully, posts up Russ's exam results to the whole school. And Toby actually prevents um, him and Elizabeth getting zapped. And Elizabeth's like, you know what? I'm going to get this guy. And nobody does this to me. Jack tries to get away. And he zaps the koala bear by accident. And it grows exponentially. And Russ and Sasha are trying to help. And Russ presses the genius button and genius button reverse onto Jack and he's not a genius anymore. And Elizabeth distracts the koala with a noise. And then in King Kong style, he grabs Elizabeth and he climbs Sandy Bay Bridge with, with her in her hand. Kind of the famous King Kong Empire State Building scene. And then Toby ends up saving Elizabeth. And... He shrinks the koala and he says, look, you know, we can be like friends again. And like you and me, like we're good. Elizabeth's like, you saved my life. 
thank you so much and yeah it ends with them being mutually good and then russ accidentally presses the gun and the koala grows again and they're like oh russ and then yeah that's how it kind of ends and yeah like i said this was a really 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 good show i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna ask you about head-to-heads and any of that because obviously it's clear and obvious so i ain't even gonna get into all of that i don't want to kind of turn this out to be a a big big loser because really and truly it's not so yeah that was the 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 shows that we did today and on that note yesterday's capers is coming to an end so uh yesterday's capers is available wherever you get your podcast from so download it listen to it subscribe do all of that yesterday's capers we're on the socials at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers instagram it's yesterday's capers one on twitter it's yesterday capers i've got a new pod third and one fall which is all about pro football and pro wrestling if you're into that it's available on spotify so do check out the first episode and give it a listen and support it and you can follow me on the socials on instagram it's abdullah underscore molim and on twitter it's abdullah molim all one word give me a holler give me a shout and join us next time for another episode of yesterday's capers <laughs>